Hey, I'm Matt Hudgens, and he's Dave Mulvaney, and this is Profitability MD. Dave, how are you doing today, buddy? Matt, things are great here in sunny Florida. How are things up in Atlanta, Georgia today? Atlanta is great. Today is the first day of the Masters, and Masters always kind of is the initiation of spring for me, so uh, all excited. That it is, and I'm trying to – somebody had a hole-in-one yesterday in the practice round. Yeah, a little par three. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So it's good stuff. It is good stuff. Uh, so I had, it's funny, it's just the three times this week with three of my coaching clients, a commercial real estate insurance guy and a commercial HVAC supply guy. It's come up. And so I ended up writing this article and put it on LinkedIn, but it's the importance of follow-up, you know, how to keep your business moving uh, by following up with people, by following up with prospects following up with leads, following up with existing clients, centers of influence, people that can send you money. So that's what I thought we might talk about today is the, the importance of follow-up in our system, right? So if we talk about the five ways, right? We talk about our five ways. We've got to get more leads. We've got to get more conversions. We've got to get um, transactions, increased number of transactions, this and clients. We've got to have uh, profits and we got to, I'm sorry, we've got to have uh, pricing or bundling and we got to have profits. So really follow up is key to three of those elements, right? If we get a lead, we need to follow up. If we got a conversion, we need to follow up with those prospects to help convert. And then increase number of transactions with existing clients. That's all about follow up and staying in touch. And getting referrals is all about follow up and staying in touch with existing clients and with centers of influence. So follow up is important in everybody's business. I think it's beyond important. So I've got a I've got what I call the four R's of business. Okay. And you've probably seen me talk about it. The right message to the right audience at the right time will produce the right result. And the right result could be, you know, they, um, they make a purchase from you, they make an additional purchase from you, et cetera. But, so you got the right message, um, you got the right audience, but you have to get them at the right time. And the only way to get them at the right time, it has to be on their time. So that's why follow-up is absolutely critical. And if you know anything about the Colby A index, um, I make two on that, two out of 10 when it comes to follow-up. So I think this, uh, you know, this version of Profitability MD is going to be a lot about automating follow-up because um, anything that you can automate, automation is the key to scalability and scalability is the key to freedom. Right, right. So, it's automation. I think that's what I like your second thing. You just, it's the key to freedom, right? Yeah. If you could automate, actually, I had this conversation with another uh, coaching client of mine who's actually a business broker. So he sells businesses. And so most of his time is spent on vetting, vetting buyers. He says, you won't believe this buyer. Buyers come out of the woodwork. And it's so hard to tell and take so much time to vet the process. Is this a real buyer or is this a tire kicker? Right. And so I was, that's right. What I got into automating that process. You know how easy it is to automate that process. We could make them jump through a couple hoops, including fill it out a couple. First of all, you got a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA, make them watch a video about the project or about the, the, the business itself and then make them fill out a form. Right. Yeah. So they got to jump through all these forms before you even talk to them because you'll know they're a qualified buyer by having your little questionnaire. And, and you could see the light go off in this guy's head. He was like, oh, my God, that might save me like 20 hours a week. <laughs> and with, with those 20 hours, 
See, I think, I think too much time in sales and coaching where I literally just had this conversation with somebody today, a coaching client, um, who was, well, now a coaching client. They weren't uh, prior to that call. But um, what I asked them is, I, I, first I said, how much money do you want to make um, this year doing this thing? And, you know, what do you want to take home? What is your, what are you looking to get? And she told me that number. Now, I will tell you this. If, if that number is under a certain amount, they're not in my target market. It's part of right. my, my screening process. Right. And I said, I need to know exactly what you're making right now. And then she told me, I said, so we're talking about a gap that is this big from, you know, I mean, exactly. The, the gap was about um, $150,000 a year. Right. I said, so it's costing you $150,000 not to have someone help you with this. So I bring it back to what you're um, with your business broker is, look, if, if you're, let's just say the person you're talking to is making a quarter of a million dollars a year and they're working 40 hours a week. I'll have to do the math on that, but 250,000 a year uh, divided by uh, 52 weeks, it's uh, 4,800 a week divided by 40 hours. So they're making 120 bucks an hour. So when you take 120 bucks an hour times the 20 hours they're wasting on this non-automated follow-up, right. it's costing you $2,400 a week not to automate your follow-up. That's, you know, that's uh, $125,000. So you're making a quarter of a million now. With those 20 hours, you could, you, you should make another 125 grand a year. So now you're at 375, but the reality is, you'll probably double that. So you could, you could easily double your income first year by automating many of the processes. Many of the processes. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. All right. So I want to take it back here to the follow-up. And, and so some of the examples we were talking about would be a follow-up with a prospect. How do I follow up with a prospect? I met him at a networking event. I met him at a cocktail party. How do I automate the follow-up? Or how, What is the follow-up system? So I kind of walked him through. I did this article on LinkedIn. So you can find this article on LinkedIn on my LinkedIn site. And, um, but it was interesting. And, and you and I do this kind of stuff all the time, but he was just an example, right? So um, I said, all right, here's like a checklist for a follow-up, right? So if you met somebody at a cocktail party at a receptionist, I mean, at a reception, wherever, um, you know, here's the kind of the checklist, you know, I, I call it early bird gets the worm. You know, you don't wait around for a week or a few days before you follow up right? You follow up pretty much immediately. You be proactive. Um, if you don't make the follow-up basically within 24 hours, you know, it drops right off. Hey, great to see you at the party last night. Great to meet you. Right. One thing I like to do and like when you want to talk about automating, let's say we're at a convention, everybody's away from home except the person in that city. Right. So we go, all go to something in Chicago. Something I used to do regularly was I would carry um, just a little, um, little, what do you call them? Greeting cards. Right. One, you know, whatever. And when I would, I'd go back to my hotel room and I met like five or six people that I really wanted to have an ongoing relationship with. Literally, I, they were already stamped. I would put their oh. right from the business card, name and email address and a personal note. The personal note reminds of a, of a connection that we made. That so you connection. had those sitting in your hotel room. When yeah. you're at a convention or you're I literally mail it. And guess what? What's the first thing they see when they get back? Yeah. A handwritten note from you. Yeah. And so 
they think, wow, this guy, you know, and when you, when you do that now, I'm telling you, I'm bad at follow-up. That's why I, I learned to do things like that because Dude, that is genius pre-written. Well, it's not pre-written pre kind of done. And all you, you have got to do is so you're going to, you, you got his business card. You're going to spend yeah. 10 minutes in your hotel room. You're there. What are you going to do? Watch TV. I mean, yeah, it's just right before you go to bed or something. Yeah. So, okay. That's genius. You hand them the front desk and they're in the mail tomorrow. And when that person gets home, they're already, they, you, they've got a thank you note. I love it. Yeah. So, all right. That's a great one. So what I was saying was like a kind of a checklist. You want to be proactive. Uh, don't ask them to marry you on the first date. You're just trying to get to know people. Preparation is key. This is where we think, I think LinkedIn is a great way to get more knowledge. Obviously you had a conversation with that person, but you can go to LinkedIn and learn a lot more about them, where they went to college, where they've lived, what other jobs have they had that helps build the bond when you talk with them. And then always next steps. Uh, uh, you know what they, what do they say that the maybes will kill you? So, so as you get to know people, your goal is not to sell them the next time you meet them, talk with them, email with them, right? Your, your goal is to just move them to the next step, right? But the maybe doesn't help, right? You know, yes, I'm interested. Yes, I'd like to learn more. Yes, I'd like to take it to the next step. Uh, no, I, I don't want to, right? It's the maybes that kill you. It's somebody that you think is a prospect and you're keeping wasting time. Um, you really want a yes or no of interest because um, the maybes will kill you, right? Well, and that has to be, I believe, your automated – okay, let's say um, it, we're talking about the business broker. So um, I'm trying to sell a business. Let's say it's a million-dollar business, million-dollar company, and the owner's willing to finance but requires um, $350,000 down. Now, if I'm – if I'm asking um, in a questionnaire, I'm going to say um, the minimum requirement to purchase a business is X dollars in liquid cash. What is your current position in liquid cash? And then they would answer, which is going to be a number five times what they actually have. Because <laughs> they're not liquid, right? So right. Then, then the next question is, uh, is going to be um, what is the source of that cash? Is it, you know, and so I mean, Your cash stocks or bonds, you got to sell something. Is it, yeah, if, gold, if, bullions? <laughs> if somebody says that, um, you know, I, I have $150,000 and you're trying to sell a half a million dollar business, you know, you can't put them in contact with that client. There, there should be no reason you go to the next step. Just like I said earlier, when I was talking to a potential coaching client, when I see the gap, okay, your, your, your gap is over a hundred grand. So if my fee, whatever that's going to be, is, you know, 25% of that or, or what have you, well, if the gap is too small, it ain't worth asking my fee. Right. So, it doesn't add up. And then you don't want to continue. I'm not saying continue a relationship, maybe an automated relationship. Automated drip campaign. Exactly right. So this is a great example. So, so I actually put it down and kind of wrote out in this little article. Okay, here would be a great thing. So let's, we could use the business broker. We could use the insurance agent as an example. We could use the HVAC guy who's looking for new uh, deals. And so you meet a new prospect. You meet a guy who wants to sell his business or thinking about selling his business. How do you stay in touch with him? So I was like, look, you know, uh, email, you would say, let's go stick our little card in the mail because I was at a convention. My little thing says, all right, look, email the next day or even that night, recapping the conversation. That'd be number one. Number two, a phone call within two, within two days. Then I do an email too. 
send an article of interest from maybe what I call your article library. I think we should all have these little resources of articles that are of interest for certain people. So, so if you're selling insurance, I'm sure you got a lot of articles or you should have an article library of mistakes to avoid or the importance of, right? If you're uh, the business broker, you should have an article of interest, you know, mistakes to avoid when selling your business, things to consider when selling your business, you know, ways to improve, to maximize the value of your business. If you're selling real estate, talk about that commercial real estate guy that I was talking about, right? So things to consider when looking, uh, when looking for new uh, real estate space, and this is commercial real estate. All right, hang on a minute. We gotta, we gotta cover some of these. And I wanna talk about each, okay, email, easy to automate. Yep. I'm not gonna teach, and I have people say, can you teach me how to do email automation? I'm like, look. No, an autoresponder. There's a million of them out there. Just go, go find, go find a company like Get Response or Infusionsoft or something like that. Now let's move to the, that phone call. Okay. I want to. I'm gonna. This is gonna be our tip of the day. There's a service called Sly Broadcast. I knew you were gonna bring that up again. Okay? <laughs> All right. If you're not good, create a follow-up message. Um, if you're not good at follow-up, then you you just let's say you're again, you're back in your hotel. It's midnight. It's midnight. You schedule that call to go out at five in the morning to their cell phone, maybe six in the morning. They're not at a time. It's early enough that they're not out of bed. So it's going to go straight to voicemail. That's what slide broadcast does, but you send that message. So you set it up the night before and boom, guess what? They're going to go, this guy called me at five in the morning. I mean, this guy, this is good follow-up. <laughs> He's and, an early riser. And you really, you really didn't do it, but you, you automated it. And um, you can actually automate a series of phone calls, all sorts of things, go straight to voicemail. But, um, hey, Bob, sorry I missed you. Um, you know, look, I wanted to tell you, I really enjoyed our conversation about, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, I think you're right on track with whatever. And you, and you leave a message. And, uh, look, give me a call back when you got a moment. Um, you know, and what's Bob going to do? He's going to be like, this, this person's got great follow-up. And I'm telling you all this because I'm really bad at follow-up. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's what I'm saying. Like, you can, so I was saying like email one, phone call, email two, maybe an article of interest. Article uh, of interest, again, automated, right? Through Automated. automated. That's right. Through, through automated or you got, even if it's a drag and drop, right? Even if you got set articles that you send to people with a little intro, hey, thought you might find this interesting. Hey, Bill, I thought you might find this interesting, right? You could pre-write those emails with, you don't need a lot of articles. You need three articles, five articles. You don't need a lot. Um, another phone call, another email three, which might even be non-business related is what I say. Send your prospect an article on a hobby or a common interest. Like this week, it's master's week. Hey, it's master's week. I don't know if you're a golf fan, but you know, whatever. I'm really excited. Or there was, you know, so-and-so had a hole in one yesterday. It could, it could just be an email about their, about their hobby, your hobby. Hey, read this article about golf or this article about hunting or fishing. I know you go fishing in the Florida Keys. You mentioned that during our conversations. So you can have that as email three, talk about a handwritten letter, talk about email four. So this is when we get into the drip email campaign that, that, you know, people have different opinions on this. Is that so? Now we're kind of in that stage. They haven't really bought or done anything, and it's like those people that also that said no, but maybe later kind of stuff, right? Do you send them an article of interest once a month, once every two weeks, once I a like, week? I like to. Um, so there's a series of um, you, if you want to bond with somebody, he's got to be in your words, your message, um, and so I like to create a bond and I like to do that through emails. And okay. so, 
Um, one of the one of the things I like to do is I like to number one is I, I understand my ideal client um, has similar beliefs to me. Okay, that's the ideal client for me. They have similar beliefs, not all the same. They not a clone. Similar beliefs. So I like to talk about my beliefs in an email probably once a month, but it leads them around to something else because if if they have similar beliefs, guess what? They're going to be more attracted to you because you're being real with them. The second thing, um, once you've established your beliefs, you want to, uh, I like to write about, okay, what's a result they might be looking for? And I'm going to tell a story in a second email, maybe, so you can send one a week, but a story. Now, again, these are automated. A story in a second email that that puts out a result that they might be looking for. Um, a third email might contain um, a testimony of transformation either for myself or a client. And um, again, telling a story. People like stories. You know, you could tell a story to somebody or you could give them a bunch of facts and the story will be remembered 99 times over one person will remember the facts. So I, there is a, um, those who receive my emails, they're either going to opt out on the belief part because there's no doubt the things I believe when I start <laughs> saying them, right. um, there's a lot of people who opt out and that's good because they're not my ideal. ideal that's person. exactly right. We're not hurting anybody's feelings. Yeah. Um, the, the point is, do you want, do you, the worst thing you can do is get the wrong client. Right. I call that a nurturing sequence, right? You're trying to nurture the relationship along. And you're saying the three different types of emails are kind of my, my beliefs, which you probably should share. Cause if you're an ideal client of mine, you probably have similar beliefs. Number two would be what you said, um, a result they might work, might want, Hey, trying to grow your business. Hey, you're trying to take more time off. Here's a story about that. And then third might be a testimony of a transformation you made or a client made, which was, man, I got my stuff together. And then I was able to take Fridays off and spend time with my kids or family. And the fourth would be an offer of some kind, Matt. Okay. And the fourth uh, is an offer. Um, and that offer might be, okay, let's use the masters as an example. Hey, um, Steve, I, I'm, I'm going to be at the masters. Are you going to be there because I'll meet you on so-and-so? That could be an offer. I mean, the point is anything you're nurturing a relationship, um, sometimes the offer might be you have a product available to them and get get them to opt into your – and sometimes the offer might be just flat out, hey, we talked about coaching, uh, uh, you know, helping your business achieve um, a half a million dollars more in sales. Um, I think I can help – well, not I think – well, I think I can help you do that. Whether you can do that or not, it's up to you. But I think I can help you do that. Um, and but here's what that's going to look like. Right. And now, now here's the funny thing about this. this. This let's just call this a nurturing sequence, right? We're nurturing the relationship, trying to develop it along, and then we make the offer at the end, right? What is so funny is, so I like I have a uh, an email that I use to follow other email marketing campaigns, right? So it's like anytime they ask me for an email to sign up for their, you know, free lead magnet, yeah. I want to give them that email so I can actually see the emails, uh, follow along with the pattern. It's funny where Frank Kern is one of the gurus I follow and he does this same nurturing sequence about twice a year. So there's a particular product. He's, he has this new thing where he sells X, Y, Z, whatever it is, you know, all his stuff. And it's the same four emails as last year. It's the same four emails as six months ago. Maybe he changes like one or two little notions. 
But what he's done is he's got one nurturing sequence that he uses twice a year to sell the exact same product. And I think I know who wrote his. his. It's, it's probably one of the one of the other gurus. Maybe your uh, copywriting guru. Um, I, he did years ago. He used to write for Frank Kern. I'm sure Frank has his own copywriters now. But yes. Uh, but my my point being is is a lot of these things talk about automation, right? You could create this nurturing campaign of four emails, but then use it two, three, four times a year. You could use um, those three or four articles of interest. You, you know that most business owners are looking at ways to maximize their value, sell their business quickly, increase the value of their business, take more time off. You could have that email pre-written and use those emails as your drip campaign for the next, whatever, five, six months or weeks or however many emails you have, and then repeat the process again, right? And you know why you can repeat the process? Because 80% of the people who got those emails didn't read the- Didn't read it. Yeah. So, so they, so might read one, they might read one the next time. Right. That's it. So there's stats on that, which says, okay, the average person gets something like 400 emails a day. So even if you, they, you sent it to them, they might not have seen it because they got 400 other emails. So they lost it. So you could send them that same exact email a month later, two months later. And this time they see it. They didn't see it three times. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't want to send Dave the same email three times. Well, well, heck, he might've missed it. The other one was when we use this before, like the, like the golf lesson, right? Well, I wasn't hitting a slice six months ago, so yeah. I didn't pay attention to the slice email, right? I wasn't interested in X, Y, Z. I had to maximize the value of my business because I wasn't thinking of selling my business six months ago, right? So now I'm interested in it. And then, as you said, it could just be literally the timing's right, right? Right message, yeah. right in right time, right place. Yeah. So, so that's why people shouldn't feel bad. About my point is, I've had people actually with one of the guys that was in here uh, earlier in the week that I coach. And it's, it's the reluctance. Gosh, I don't want to be a bother. I don't want to bother, send, send too many messages or too much follow-up and bother this guy or these people in general. Well, I, I will speak for um, statistically some of the best marketing people on the planet. And, and, I, and I'm, this is where it becomes unbelievable. Um, once a month versus once a week versus once a day the right. people who do the once a day sell exponentially like 10 times more than the person who does once once a month and like three times more than the person who does once a week and so but i think that happens when when your whole job is to sell um I'm never going to be the guy who, who emails you once, once a week. I mean, once, a, once a day, I just, right. Right. Me neither. Be, like, Me if, you, if you signed up to my automated web, if you signed up to a, a course class I yeah. have, I'm going to hit you uh, probably, you know, you're going to get an email from me probably seven days straight. Right. But then once that course happens, you might get a few three days straight after it, but then it might be once a week, for the next, literally, it'll it until you. We've talked about that. I mean, it'll go on for for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. It's going to go on a long time. Um, I have over a year, probably a year and four months of emails set up on a weekly basis. So I don't repeat one for a year and at least four months, but I I write almost every day. So they keep going longer. I have somebody I outsource yeah. that all that. So right. And I've got that too. So for my investment clients, I got, I'm an investment advisor over there too. I've got a 52 week email sequence that I've already put in there. 
So when you're a new client, you get 52 emails. Boom, boom, boom. Whether your new client started January 1 or new client started April 4th. Already in there. It's part of my client. I call it my client communication system. I built the same thing for my centers of influence. Those are accountants and lawyers and CPAs who send me referrals for coaching, right? There and there, I got those set up where there's, there's an email that goes out once a month. There's a video that goes out once a month. Actually, video goes out twice a month. But it's already set up, right? Same kind of stuff. Automatically set up and follow up. All right, so here was one of the stats. You know my stats, which I love this, was 80% of all sales require at least five follow-up calls after the first meeting. So that's even after you got the meeting. 80% of sales require five follow-up calls after the meeting. And then here's the stat. 44% give up after the first time. And I think it's like 92% give up after the fourth. That's so so here's what we're telling you is that it's going to take about five follow-ups after you met with a guy, right? And 92% of people quit after four. So that, that reminds me of, uh, of Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. So he's sitting here with Andrew Carnegie, and Andrew Carnegie says, you know, at that time, arguably the wealthiest man of the time. And Andrew says, okay, I've got, I've got this thought. I, wanna, I want somebody to... I believe that success um, is a skill. It is not a, um, it's not a trait you're born with. It's a skill. And I'm going to, I'll give you connections. I'll give you, um, I'll open the door for you. But um, I want you to prove this, that, that it is a skill. And you're going to take on this, this responsibility. He didn't say you're going to. He said, I'm looking for somebody to take on this responsibility at their right. expense. And it's going to take time to create this. And, but I want it done to completion. And, the, you know, as the story goes, he had, Napoleon Hill had to answer in 60 seconds because uh, Carnegie was looking at his watch. And I, this is years ago. <laughs> I read this. And uh, he, uh, Hill didn't know he was looking at his watch. But in 59 seconds, Hill agreed that he would take on the project. It took him eight years to write Think and Grow Rich. It, it, and so the point is, is that, how many people would have stopped after five years? They hadn't made any money from taking on a project. Well, that's exactly what you're talking about here is, you know, how many people stop at four follow-up calls? Right. And I'm guilty. I'm going to say flat out, I'm guilty over and over again. But um, how many people stop after four follow-up calls? They're almost at the finish line and they They're give almost up. almost there. They're yeah. almost there. And, and that's, it's a human trait, and the only way to overcome some of that, I believe, we're in the best time that's ever been in terms of entrepreneurship, in terms of um, automation, because if you're bad at follow-up, you do have to take the time and invest in yourself, but invest in the follow-up tools that'll make you better, and once you've done it, at least four of your follow-ups can be automated. Exactly right. That's it. Exactly you got to open your mouth or pick up the phone. I mean, that has to happen. So. Right. Eventually, it'll have to happen. And you're even saying your little sly broadcast could give you the least big one of those, you know, be automatic. You're and exactly they right. Even know, they won't even know it's not automatic. They won't even know it. But that, that's the point. The importance of follow-up is it takes a lot of follow-up to get a sale, to get somebody to do business with you, to get somebody to know, like, and trust you. It takes follow-up to do that. I just put together like a little checklist. Here's four or five ways that I might do it. You know, email, phone call, email, email, phone call, and then a drip email sequence after that, right? 
You talked about automating your new client or your coaching clients. I talked about automating my client communication system. But the point is we have to follow up and the advantages were in the best days where we can automate that stuff. I will say, unless you have a really good direct response copywriter who's writing your materials, because um, what ends up happening is, or if you learn to do it, um, you know, I'll, I'll promote Ray Edwards book right on here. Um, it, copywriting is, is selling in print. And if you can, if you can really answer the, get all the triggers out that, that make your message so irresistible to your, and when I say your message, I'm talking about how you're going to make the, your prospect's life better and solve their problems. If you can do that in such a way that after they're done reading or listening to your, your audio or your video, watching your video, if you can do that to where they come off that and go, dang, you know, Matt knows what the heck he's talking about. And he really gets me. You've, you've taken steps out of that follow-up. It doesn't mean you, you, you're still going to have to have follow-up, but you've, right. taken, you've taken steps and light years and moved that person into the trust category. That's part of your right message. That's exactly the same. If you the right message, addressing the right audience at the right time, who's got the right problems, right? Yeah. That, you, that yeah. you can solve. So it, it, once, um, you know, Stephen Covey's uh, Steve, speed of trust, you know, if you can speed trust um, to where they, once they trust you, that's the point at which they'll buy from you. doesn't mean they'll always buy from you, but they won't buy from you if they don't trust you. And that, so follow up with the right message is always going to establish trust. And it's also going to repel the ones that you really don't want anyway. And that's, you do want to repel. Because getting the wrong customer, I said earlier, is, is, is bad news. Yeah, that's exactly right. So. All right, man. That's pretty good. So this was called, uh, well, the importance of follow-up. Keep your business moving by following up. We talked about uh, why it's important. And it's really important in everybody's business. But thank goodness there are ways to automate that for people that aren't good at follow-up. And, and that's where you use virtual assistants. You use uh, auto-dialers. You use... Um, we talked about autoresponders. We talked about um, having a good copywriter. We had it with your four R's again, the right message, the right. Right message to the right audience at the right time, produce the right result. Perfect. All right. That's good. All right. Where can we find you, Mr. Mulvaney? Matt, you can find me at davidmulvaney.com. You can find me on, on LinkedIn under David Mulvaney. And where can we find you? Yep. So uh, 10xprofitblueprint.com is the coaching website. And then LinkedIn. Uh, Matt Hudgens, and that's where I actually wrote an article and put that on LinkedIn. Uh, just I think it was yesterday. So keep your business moving with follow-up. So that was, and we'll uh, we'll promote that. Uh, all those web addresses will be in the uh, under the video. And Matt, we'll look forward to talking to you uh, next week. Next week, my friend. We'll see you. Take care.